What's in the queue? 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 Um, I cannot, I cannot, with how cute this little mister is. Oh, God, he's under a tire. He's so cute. Oh, he's so big. And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, I just accidentally zoomed on his penis. Oh. Wow. Oh. Oh, my God. Your dog is going to, your dog is adorable. My son. Your, your furry son. That is not human. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but can I vent to you? After I make this loud noise. Yes, vent away. So, the gods are trying to keep us apart. I'm, I'm noticing that. Um, so, like, the male lost my passport card. Okay. Like the USPS. The United States Postal Service. Dot gov. <laughs> lost my passport card. Like it's just in the wild blue yonder somewhere. Right. Okay. 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 So also the United States Passport Service Apparently, they don't think that that piece of mail is important enough to warrant a tracking number. So, it's gone. It's gone. So, do you know what I have to do? Do you know what I have to do? Well, and to explain some of this venting just a little bit, your your furry son is coming from Canada. Yes. He you are adopting internationally. Canadian, eh? Um, <laughs> and... I love it. Sure. I hope that he smells of bacon and maple syrup. Listen, we can make that happen. It may not be ethical, but you can make your dog smell like bacon and maple syrup. I'm assuming that he's going to. Yeah. Um. So, and because he's a French bulldog, I say he's French Canadian. We. We. C'est vrai. I, I want to learn French just to speak French to him. Do Je? you think he would bark with an accent? Does he go... Mm-hmm. Eh? <laughs> okay, well, anyways, <laughs> we could go on forever about that. Um, yeah, so Bruce is Canadian, so we have to go to Canada. Um, and so now I have to have papers saying we are going on blank day mm-hmm. to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take said papers to the passport office in Detroit. Guess when I can only do that? On the day that no. I'm supposed to go. No. Yeah. They're not open on weekends, right? <sighs> Hi. So I have to go and go, see, I'm supposed to go across the river like we can see it from the window okay i can see canada from the river yeah so can you please give me another passport card pretty please and they can either say yeah or they can say no and then your boo has to go get bruce by himself yeah so with that also comes papers from the cdc 
because he will only be eight weeks old by the time we get him, so he will not have his rabies shots by then. And so I have to do confinement papers saying, hey, we know he doesn't have his rabies shots, and that's not okay with the U.S. But we're like, but we're we accepting we're legal responsibility. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he has to stay at home, mm-hmm. blah, 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 until right. he can get his rabies shots. So we have to fill out all this paperwork, and I have to do it so, like, my name's on there, but then if they say no, that the hubs can still take him across the border, because it has to be that name, and da, 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 and it has to be that day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if I still had hair, I would pull it out. Oh, my God. And then... The, the day after that happens, the girls have a Girl Scout crossing the bridge ceremony. The day after that is my birthday. And then the weekend after that is my daughter's birthday party. And I was supposed to have surgery, and now I'm going to tell them, you know, I need a minute. Oh, my God. I'm getting this dog. No, I, I, I really, like, I just... And then all I, the money that comes along with that. Oh, and prep for a party because, you know, I don't do mediocre parties. This I can confirm. I, I broke out in hives, not from this, but I feel like it's from this. If I, I mean, I, I, what's going I, on? I am now allergic to sulfa drugs. Then I almost died at the clinic. Oh my god. Things have not been going well. I mean, I thought I was having problems because my washing machine decided to stop spinning. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, I broke out in a horrible rash. I was, like, bleeding because I was scratching myself to death. Yes, that's me with mosquito bites, yes. So then I go to the clinic, um, and they give me two shots. And before the nurse can set the needle down, I'm like, I'm going to throw up, pass out, like... I thought, I am going to go into a coma in this clinic, and my husband and my kids are on the parking lot, and they're not going to know until the ambulance pulls up to get me. Like, things have been messed up for Krishana. Oh, my God. And then I was okay. Ish. Kind of. I'm okay now. Let's talk about a documentary. Okay. <laughs> hey, this podcast is not about Krishana's life drama, although... It could be. What's in the queue slash going on with Krishana? <laughs> what's, in, Krishana what's going on in Krishana's queue? <laughs> yeah, my queue's full, and I'm going to delete it all. So, this is What's in the Queue. Not your mom's Netflix, coming to you from a closet somewhere in Indiana. This hey. is Krishana and Emily. How you doing? Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can cut all that out. I don't even care. Anymore. No, oh, nope, it is staying. Um, we picked a good one. I, I'm very proud that I brought this to the table today. Um, we watched Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story. It's a 2017 documentary. It is, as of recording, still available on Netflix. It's by director Alexander Dean. Uh, it's an unearthed audio interview of Hollywood icon Hedy Lamar reveals a woman with brains as well as beauty who was the first to patent frequency hopping. Do you understand how cool this is? Like, did you, okay, did you know about Hedy Lamar beforehand? 
Um, just more movie-wise. Sure, like, you know? I knew she was a movie star. I knew, yeah. I, I love that they had Mel Brooks in the documentary, because oh that's how, like, I know her name is from Blazing Saddles. Hedley Lamar. Yeah. Um, but like, the, the only reason I knew her story, the actual story mm-hmm. that we're going to get into in this documentary, uh, was from an episode of The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. Which is another one that you might like because it's like it's ten to fifteen minutes. It's an unknown or not as well known history story, and it's generally pretty funny. Sometimes I cried a couple times, I laugh a lot. It's good times. But that's where I learned about Hedy Lamar and frequency hopping. Fun. I had no clue. Yeah. That she had a set of brains on her. Nobody. I mean, she wasn't marketed that way. No. 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 She was a beautiful woman in the 40s. And she was gorgeous. Drop dead. Drop wow. dead gorgeous. The eyebrows on point. The eyebrows were like, could be considered acceptable in 2018 standards. Because like we're in yes. a thick eyebrow stage and she was at a time where, you know, pencil thin was okay. Oh yeah. But she had solid eyebrows and they were on point. Yeah. Yeah. She was gorgeous. Absolutely. And amazing! Uh, oh my god, amazing! So freaking smart and ahead of her time, <sighs> and a feminist before there were feminists, and I just I love her, I love her. And it was, and then mm, sad story too. I mean, really. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Let's go. All right. So it starts. Um, it's the whole documentary starts with um, the journalist Fleming Meeks. Mm-hmm. Um, he had done. An interview with Hedy Lamar in 1990 lost the tapes. Yeah. Uh, come to find out, 2016, he's clearing it out of his office, digging behind an old trash bin. What does he find? Four freaking audio tapes with uh, the with his interview. Yeah. Um, so it kind of goes back and forth um, between actually getting to hear uh, some of these recordings. Um, and then, you know, just a lot of clips and a lot of stock footage, um, to kind of tell her tale. Um, it also has her family and her friends filling in the gaps in between this recording on what was going on uh, in her life. It's got some good historical talking heads, um, uh, people who she has inspired or, or, you know, historians in that field that, that, you know. That tell her story as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, nineteen twenties Austria. Um. That that's where she grew up. Um. <laughs> she disappointed her mom by being a girl. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> her bad. <laughs> um. But she was very bonded with her dad. Um. She learned to think like an inventor from him. Um, they, they grew up in high society. They were culture. They would go to the opera. Um, she went to private school and and growing up through school, she loved chemistry. She loved STEM, what we call STEM now. (laughs) That was, that was her jam. She was all about science, technology, engineering, and math. Like she loved it, but especially chemistry. Yeah. Um, and as a teenager, boom, she was this enfant terrible. Very, 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 very <laughs> hot, very hot girl. I'm not um, gonna say she's hot because she was 16, and I don't, I don't feel comfortable saying that. But well, the rest of society was like, "Oh, you are an attractive teenager. Yeah. I want to see you naked." Yeah. Um, so she then 
took some nude photos. Yeah. She, uh, at 16, she went to the largest film production company in Vienna and it was like, hi, I'm beautiful and I want to act. Yeah. Put me in a movie. And they did. And that's basically like how she lived her life. Hey, I want to do this thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. She wasn't shy. She, I mean, she was not this meek. She looked like a meek little flower, but she was not. Well, what, what's that quote that she says? Uh, uh, any girl can look glamorous. All she has to do is stand still and look stupid. Exactly. So, you know, she, she knew the game that she had to play, yeah. and yeah. she played it. Yeah. Um, and in 1933, she uh, was in a film called Ecstasy and became world famous. Um, there were some nude scenes and a scene where there was an orgasm simulated, um, and the way they cut and edited it made it look like she was having sex. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't. Um, the Pope denounced her, even Hitler, even Hitler said, (laughs) no, we're not going to allow this. We're not going to watch a Jewish girl have sex. (laughs) No. but right after that she started doing um a stage performance in elizabeth elizabeth of austria yeah uh and that's where she gained a lot of respect as 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 a serious actor like that's where she got that's where she made a uh a more standard name for herself yes um also at a young age you know because she had this little bit of fame and of course her beauty she caught the eye of Fritz Mandel, a tycoon who was 14 years her senior, and he was uh, connected. Yeah, he definitely was an arms manufacturer who sold to the Nazis. He did what? Yeah. No. Weird. Um, <laughs> she, I, I think, you know, they said, you know, for a time she kind of enjoyed her time because he was wealthy, um, going out hunting, but quickly, I mean, she was... That trophy wife. Oh, gilded cage Don't for talk, sure. Just look beautiful. Sit still, look pretty. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that was that was definitely wearing on her. Besides, you know, she was Jewish, and yeah, <laughs> and you're just watching Hitler rise to power. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Vienna in the 30s, there was so much pressure on the Jewish community uh, with the denial of their civil li- civil liberties, as the documentary says, uh, the stress basically killed her dad. Yeah. Like, he had a heart attack from all the stress, and that that was a major emotional blow for Hetty. Yeah, I think um, soon after that, like, she decided that she was going to escape to America. And, girl, did she do this clever? This is worth a did movie she, yeah, yeah, yeah. in and of itself. Okay, so so Fritz, her uh, Nazi arms-selling husband, uh, was super paranoid. He had this gorgeous wife, did not know what to do with her, and he was just convinced that she was having affairs all the time. So she's like, I, I gotta get out of here. So she hired a maid that looked like her. She drugged the maid that looked like her. Yeah. Stole the maid's clothes. Yeah. And biked out of Austria. Not to mention, she sewed her jewels oh, inside yeah. of her coat. Well, because you, like, you can't just go stealing the money. And I'm sure that this dude who's been making money from the Nazis bought yeah. her a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. So she, like, she tucked everything away, made little pockets, and, like, disappeared into the night. I want this movie. That is a lifetime movie, and yes. I want it. Yes. Um, she makes her way to London, um, got an American film agent 
at that time was Louis B. Mayer of Metro Goldwyn and Mayer. Yeah, that Robert, mayor. You know that MGM. MGM. Yeah, he was I think they um, have like a building in Vegas. Yeah, something. something That's not the pyramid one, is it? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, no, but uh, Mayor was in London at the time, basically buying up actors and actresses yeah. who were fleeing, uh, who were fleeing Europe, um, and it was like, hey, I'll pay you 125 bucks, come to the states, make movies, and Hedy's like, nah, I'm worth more than that. Yeah, and she is, and she is. <laughs> Um, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Um, kind of became smitten by her. Um, oh yeah, because Hetty was super smart. She didn't. She like she told, she told Mayor no, yeah. and she's like, "Ooh, that may have been a bad idea." Yeah. So she got on the same boat going to America, got like the last of her jewels on <laughs> her best dress, and like strutted her stuff. Started a whisper campaign basically yeah. on this cruise ship. <laughs> And was and just ended up catching everyone's eye, and Mayor's like, I gotta have her. So eventually, she got five hundred a week. Hell yeah, girl! Get it? Hell yeah! Um, oh, and she got the name Lamar. Oh yeah, they, that's when they changed <laughs> changed her name. Yeah. Uh, so already just coming to America, um, photographers were ready to take her picture already. Yeah. And, you know, she had her stage name. She was already walking off that boat, making she, more a con- than the with other actresses yeah. on that boat. Hell yeah. Um, so 1938 Hollywood. Um, Free living. She was living it up, but she wasn't really getting any roles. No, um, they, they said in the documentary that Mare was concerned. Well, she was concerned that Mare was concerned about her film Ecstasy. Yes. Uh, that it was probably mm, kind of a black mark on her. Oh, yeah. Um, so she got with Hedda Hopper, who in that time um, was like the big gossip, gossip columnist. I'm trying um, to think like who it would be now. Like, would this be like going on Dr. Phil? No, I think it, no, I think it would be more like a TMZ or a, a Oh, Perez. like sit down with Megyn Kelly or something? Yeah, like. One of those celebrities... Pierce Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just really sold... Uh, no, better yet. Oprah? Baba Wata. Baba... Oh, what kind of tree are you? <laughs> She's a Baba. Okay. Um, uh, so, and she kind of sold this story that... <clears throat> excuse me. She was forced to do the nude scenes um, and... None of that was her choice. And- oh, no, no. I'm, you know, I was just a young girl and these, you know, weird, perverted European director. He, he just, he just wanted this thing and he just, he made me do it. And I would never do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Sure. It worked. Hey, media spin, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It worked. Uh, she landed a role in Algiers and was an instant star from that. Um, she dated a Kennedy. She dated. She a didn't Kennedy. just date a Kennedy. She dated that Kennedy. You know, that one, Remember? the J, the JF one, <laughs> not not the, the RF one. <laughs> um, and by this time, uh, she has remarried for the second time uh, to Jean Markey. Um, she at that time was madly in love with him. And, oh sure. Uh, they adopted a son together. Which okay. First viewing, did you catch that? That they adopted? Yeah, I yes. missed I missed it totally. Oh. And then when they bring him back in later with which what? something we're gonna discuss <clears throat> about, yeah, I was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? Yeah. 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 We'll talk um, more about that later. 
he, uh, Jean eventually, like, cheats on her, um, so things aren't going well personally and professionally. She's, MGM's giving her all these bad scripts, um, and then we go to the 1940s, and she ends in Boomtown, which gave new life, um... And, and 1940 was, like, her year, because yeah. she, I mean, she had, she had Boomtown, she had Comrade X, she had Zigfield Girl, she had, uh, Come Live With Me, and all, and all of these movies were ones that Mayor wasn't really wanting to put her in, but she fought for them. Right. And she hustled that year. And she definitely made a name for herself that year. She also caught herself a drug habit. Pills, pills, um, pills, pills, pills. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, literally everyone was doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about Hollywood back then through now. I mean, what did we talk about on my most hated documentary, Take Your Pills? <laughs> uh, fucking pills, man. Everybody yeah. was taking pet pills. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was. It, you know, it was, you're working tremendously long hours because you have to pump out, pump out, pump out all these movies. You know, this she was did like four movies in a year. Yeah. That's and okay. And her kids start talking about this. Not only is she spending 12 to 14 hours a day on set. Um, she's also going home at night and coming up with inventions. Yeah. Uh, because at that time she had started dating Howard Hughes. Weirdo. Love him, but weirdo. Crazy. We're, was he I mean, racist? I mean, it's crazy. That I can't remember if he was racist crazy or just like mentally ill crazy. Mentally ill. Okay. I'd rather because be that. Doesn't he like eventually become like a recluse and something? Yeah. I didn't see the movie. Let's watch it. Watch the movie. Um, no, but he was like, hey, I like science. You yeah. like science. Here's some scientists for you. He was like, I like planes. And she was like, cool. You know this plane thing that you got going on? I got an idea for you. What if you did this? And she was like, she's she was taking pictures of like of these fish and birds and like combining their fins and wing and wings and like coming up with a whole new design. And Howard Hughes was like, oh, ding, light ball. Yes. Oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is how we'll do planes from now on. Yeah. 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 She fucking invented wings, man. <laughs> the planes. The planes. <laughs> um, oh, so not only did she help Howard Hughes on his aircrafts, uh, she invented a fizzy cola tab. Right. It didn't work out because uh, apparently every state has different types of water. Like the water in every state is processed differently in their drinking facilities. Yeah. Whatever. The Be fact fair. is she was like, well, you know, during the war, everyone wanted a soda, but we didn't have any. So let's make something that everybody can have. Like the... F it just blows my mind. It just pours out of her. Like, these ideas just pour out of her. Yeah. Um, but she had secrets. So many secrets. Secrets. She was Jewish. They didn't talk about that then. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, she became friends with a manicurist, Manya Brayer. Uh, Ma I think it was Manya. It's Manya or Manya. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Um, she had, one, survived the camps. Mm -hmm. Two, made it out of Europe, only to be attacked at sea by the goddamn Nazis. What? Fuck you, Nazis. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's the ceiling fan. It's It's weird. I know. It's not the demons this time. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this is all this is all during the war. This is all in the early 40s. Um, 
the United States is not in the war yet, but because of Hetty's past, because of the people in her life, she's feeling so much stress about, about, you know, Hitler's rise to power and the war raging in Europe and how the U S is like, we're good over here. And so she wanted to do something about it. Right. I mean, she, her allegiance was to the United States. She loved America. Um, and she felt like she had to do her patriotic duty. Right. Um, and that was to help. And it was also, I mean, just to stop violence, stop this war. Like, this is ridiculous. Just, well, and, and like one, one, of her, one of her big uh, inspirations for coming up with some of these inventions is she just wanted to level the playing field. She just right. felt that, that Hitler and his Nazis just had so much more power and technology than the rest of the world that there was no way that anyone was going to defeat them. Right. Um, so do you want to discuss what frequency hopping is? I love frequency hopping. Go. Okay. So basically she came up with the idea with a guy named George Antile. Um, she thought that if there was a way to encode the, the, basically the technological conversation going on between a ship and the missile that it's launching, that it would be, it would be better if the enemy couldn't jam that signal. Right. Before, before Hetty uh, came along, you know, ship could communicate with the missile launching it but an enemy if they guessed the right frequency could stop that missile right so we don't want that no um so basically the way frequency hopping works is you have uh, a series of frequencies they're they're random they're encoded and they're in sync between two points Mm -hmm. so if you start at say like what is it, 600 hertz or megahertz or I don't know what it is. If, say you start at 600, then you're going to hop up to 900, then you're going to hop up to 1300, then you're going to hop down to 650, then you're going to hop over to 1250, and you're, you're hopping in sequence. So even if the enemy is trying to jam your signal, they're not going to jam it the whole time. They might get it for a fraction of a second, but that's not long enough to derail the missile that's heading towards them. It's fucking amazing! Now... Since Hetty didn't, I mean, Hetty didn't have an engineering degree. She just, she just had this idea of, of, of frequencies hopping back and forth. Mm-hmm. She worked with a composer named George Antile, who was one of those like avant-garde com- composers of the time. He, yeah. he basically, he made a symphony for 17 player pianos that were synced up to play at the same time. So he's like, well, if I can get this to happen, we can surely get this to happen. So they worked and they worked and they worked and they took it, they took it, they got a patent. Yeah. They took that patent to the Navy. <sighs> Fucking Navy was like, oh, you're going to put a piano on a missile? Yeah. Oh, thing, get out of here. They were like, hey, little lady, you're cute. Yeah. Go sell war bonds if you really want to help the war effort. And what did Hetty fucking Lamar do? Fucking sell war bonds. Sold the most. Sold the most. $25 million at that time, which, I mean, I don't know how they inflate for times, but they say it's like 350 some million in today's money. It's ridiculous. What the crap. Yeah. Um, So, during all this time, too, um, she, you know, she is bound by the contract of MGM. Like all actors 
Oh, yeah. Were, especially during then, it was like, you signed up that you were going to be with them for seven years, and that's it, and they did what they wanted to with you. Right. Um, Hedy had, Hedy had gotten the difficult, and I'm using some heavy air quotes, difficult reputation, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what basically people called women who stood up for themselves and, you know, asked for what they're worth at the time. Um, I've been called difficult. I get it. (laughs) Um, why are you yelling? I'm not, I'm not yelling, yelling you'll know. yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's not only, she's frustrated by her contract. Um, the, the documentary talks about how Louis B. Mayer basically had a Madonna whore complex for all of his women, all of the female actors that he signed up. Um, you were either the virginal Madonna who could do no wrong, or you were a whore that was for pleasure and to, you know, to be treated like a piece of meat. Uh, Hetty fell into the latter category, mm-hmm. according to them. And she just, she got so frustrated between the way the industry was treating her. And, oh, let's not forget that the United States government seized her patent because she was an alien during wartime. So she's pissed off. She's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do my own stuff. Which, again, oh my God, this is in 1946 and 1947. She produced her own, she produced two of her own movies. Women didn't fucking do that. No. And she did it. She did a great job. That's the fucking theme of this documentary. She did it. Yeah. Yeah, just Rosie the Riveter the shit out of the image of Hedy Lamarr. Like... And so she, she fucking did. <laughs> and she did. Um, she also was in her third marriage to John Loder. Um, she said he was boring. <laughs> he was older, British, and boring, which I'm fine with. Yeah, personally, boring. <laughs> Boring's fine. Um, she had two beautiful kids, mm-hmm. uh, Tony and Denise. Um, oh, and by that time, her mom had made it to the states too, which is convenient because that marriage quickly fell apart. Yeah. And, I mean, Hetty was a single mom in the late 40s, early 50s, doing the damn thing. It's not okay. It's not easy. It's not, not fucking okay. easy. And her kids, her kids, her kids fully admit that she was difficult to grow up with. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into why in a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, they felt loved. They oh, felt yeah. cared for. They, they knew their mom loved them more than anything else. Oh, yeah. I think. You know, before the pills and all the stuff really got a hold of her, yeah, um, she really was that attentive mother, that loving mother that took time to show them things and um, to just, you know, dote upon them. But, you know, marriage is failing. MGM just cracking down on her. Uh, she she had one she had uh, one hit with Samson and Delilah. Yeah, she played Delilah, but I mean career wise, like MGM just did not use her properly. I don't think they used her properly. That's no. my unprofessional opinion. Um, she eventually. Should we talk about Texas? Yeah, she eventually goes on to marry Howard Lee, who was her fifth husband. I don't know. I missed a fourth one. They they gave a passing reference to a guy that she was married to less than a year. Yeah, that dude doesn't matter. Um, Um, hey, she's back to a trophy wife. Yeah, but she had lost all her money producing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh because she she made the loves of three queens and it was like it was like Cecil B. DeMille sized. Yeah, 
And she, and I it mean, flopped. she played all three roles. And it flopped. And it flopped. She, she couldn't, couldn't even, even get it yeah, in dress. She couldn't even get uh, dis- so distribution. like, all of her money. <laughs> she said, I'm a good artist and a bad business person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so off to Texas. Um, the kids talk about, you know, he started off as a cool dude. Um, and they eventually, you know, head to Aspen before Aspen was Aspen. Oh, yeah. This is when it was still just like a mountain. Yeah. It was just... Hedy Lamar fucking made Aspen. Dude. She fucking she did it. She did it. She, ah! was, she was like, she was like, well, you know, I used to ski all the time when I was a kid. It, and this is a beautiful area. Why don't we, why don't we develop yeah. here? So she fucking did. She did it. <sighs> now. Um, so this marriage, is This is the bad divorce. Marriage falls apart. Um, nasty, nasty divorce. Um, um, she's like, I don't really want anything but the Aspen. I would like, I would like to keep the, uh, Villa, Villa Lamar. Yeah, I think is what she dubbed like it. Resort. Yeah, she made like a, uh, an Austrian themed resort up there. Yeah. Um, court, court comes around. She's supposed to be testifying. The, literally the same day her kid gets in a car accident. Yeah. So what does she do? She sent her body double to divorce court. Um, pissed off the judge. Apparently you're not supposed to do that. You know, I get it. Um, so, you know, then, uh, Howard Lee, he ends up getting everything. Um, everything, everything. Like, everything. This puts her into a mental breakdown, um, and just really, really falling apart. She ends up marrying two more times. Both of them were under a year. Yeah, they don't. Need, they don't even they don't name even them. Say their names. Like I'm sure we could Google it, but yeah, fuck it. Um, so we're in the '60s now. Um, drugs have definitely taken over. She's become a lot more unstable. Woo, pet bills. Uh, she she Hetty compartmentalizes everything in her life. We yeah. talked about how she. Doesn't talk about her Jewish heritage. She doesn't talk about, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't talk about how, uh, how frustrating, frustrating it is to sit still and look pretty. She also doesn't talk about the adoption that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, her first adopted son, um, he, I, it seems like there was some issues when he was younger and he went off to military school where he ended up with another family and Jimmy tells Hetty that he wants to stay with his family. So she's like, deuce. Like I say deuce like jokingly, but I'm sure that hurt really bad. Oh yeah. And, and, <laughs> and super bad. J- Jimmy's in the documentary and he's like, I hurt her feelings bad. and I, I, I do regret that. Yeah. And they didn't talk again until decades later, yeah. years later, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, we, okay, so this part of the documentary is when we get into how the drugs really started to mess with Hetty. Yeah. Uh, again, friendly reminder, everyone is on vitamin shots, mm-hmm. heavy, heavy air quotes, From 40 that. fucking milligrams of methamphetamines. Yeah! Jesus Christ! Uh, did you ever watch, um... It's Mad Men, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, but I know what you're talking about, because he was taking vitamin shots too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good show, by the way. I'm, it's, it's on very, Netflix, right? Yes. It's yeah. very, like, dry. Like, it's uh-huh. different. It's not excitement. Elizabeth Moss time. is in it, and I love her from The Handmaid's Tale, so I might as well go, go watch her in that, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is how she learns. I mean, oh, we and, we and, need to we uh, need to talk about Handmaid's Tale when we're done recording. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So Doctor Doctor Feel Good. Um, he basically was just getting everybody, and I mean everybody, whacked out on his vitamin shots. Fucking meth. Even Jeff. Um, that that was JFK. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard him referred to as Jisk? Jisk? No, but I've heard him referred to as Gisk. <laughs> That's a bad joke. I'm Jif. sorry. Jif. I'm sorry, Internet. See, I kept it nice. Jif. Okay. I haven't called him Jif. Never mind. Anywho. So she's basically, basically a meth addict now. Yeah. But without, um, like, the bad teeth. Then uh, she ends up going to jail for shoplifting. She fucking Winona Ryder'd. Well, I guess Winona Ryder, Hedy Lamard. Yeah. Yeah, had like she had fourteen grand in her purse, but she stole eighty bucks worth of stuff. Yeah. And hey, man. Didn't Winona also have? Ha- oh, she had like, like she had like on her. tons of cash on her, <laughs> and stole like forty bucks worth of stuff. She was like, "I'm from Winchester, Tinfieldville, Iowa." What? I don't remember that. Oh, those of you. Somebody got it. Yeah. Somebody got it. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave it. That rushing leave. sound of air is the is the joke going over my head. Um, eventually, you know, they were like, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. And she was acquitted. But she became the joke. Oh, yeah, um, she was lampooned time. by Andy Warhol and uh, uh, fucking Lucille Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy. Come on, Lucy. Um, Hedy had always been told to do a memoir. Um because, I mean, she's getting at the point in her life where, like, a lot of crazy shit's happened. You know, this is a good time to write yeah. a memoir. Hedy doesn't do paperwork. Hedy doesn't write. No. Um, unless it's, like, scientific notes. Uh, so she basically had a bunch of ghostwriters take down her life story. They made it into a memoir. But they made it into, like, scandalous tell-all memoir. Yeah. And she was trying to go for more of, like, hey, this has been my life, and it's been pretty cool, and I've done a lot of cool things. And they're like, sex, nudity, drugs, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So she was pissed. Yeah. Real pissed. She didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, she is aging. We're getting closer to the 70s. Oh, she's not just aging. She's aging in Hollywood. She's aging in Hollywood. Uh, the impossible image standards. Um, she also helped out plastic surgery. You know how on facelifts they do the little tuck behind the ear and then they pull it and then they're like, that's where the stitch is? She fucking came up with that. Yeah. The stitch behind the knee to like get the, the crepey skin pulled tight on your legs. A little stitch underneath here and the, underneath the bottom part of your arm so you don't fucking see it. She came up with all of these things. She fucking did it. <laughs> she also had a lot of work done. She had a lot of work done because, as is the case with a lot of plastic surgeons, if one thing goes wrong, it takes seven procedures to fix it. And if one of those seven corrective procedures goes wrong, it takes seven more procedures to fix that. Yeah. And it's just this really vicious cycle. Not to mention, everyone's coming up to her and be like, oh, you were so beautiful. Yeah, you, you were did. so beautiful. Fuck you. Asshole. God damn it. Anywho. So she became very, very tight. Very reclusive. Plus her money started running out. Oh, Big time. Yeah. it's. I mean, she didn't have a lot to begin with. And then, you know, between the little bit that she was getting from SAG and, like, Medicare and the plastic surgeons, 
she kind of like she kind of ran out of money. Yeah. Um. So you know, here we are. Guess guess what? The Cuban Missile Crisis. Nineteen sixty-two. Remember that? Not personally, but no. I did go see that movie with Kevin Costner. It was for extra credit in AP history. I can't remember yeah. if I've seen that. It's um, very boring. I've seen so many movies. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Around this time, Hetty was like, hey, I had a patent. Remember that? Remember that patent I had? I want that pack. Yeah, I want paid. I want paid for that patent. And they were like... <laughs> well, we didn't use it before it expired, so we don't have to pay you. And she's like, no, you kind of fucking did. Yeah, and then they were like... Well, you had like six years after we used it without telling you we used it, and uh, you could have sued us then, and you didn't. Um, basically, they brought they brought in this guy, and I didn't get the name of the guy, but he he was like he was like a military tech historian yeah. type guy. He had got an email from a guy named Romulus Gryborg, which that's a fucking name, y'all. Um, who said in 1955 he got handed a patent from the United States government as a U.S. contractor, and he was tasked to see if he could get the patent to work. We well, fucking did. Right. Um, he made the uh, like sonar buoy, sonar buoy. Yeah. Basically, basically, it was a little buoy that you could put out in the ocean that it could send a two-way transmission between an airplane in the sky and a boat in the ocean yeah. and it could like it could in, you know keep the signal encrypted and stuff like that right so they fucking used her patent and they didn't fucking pay her for it right i'm sorry and those claps didn't even really want to give her credit for it either well no because honey why don't you just go make some money yeah we just can you just be pretty yeah yeah thanks yeah. but no god damn it um eventually <sighs> she you know got a little well, I'll and the the 1990 interview that the tapes are based on, um, like it did get it did go to print, so her story did get out there, yeah. and it got to the part uh, it got to the point where Millstar and Lockheed Martin presented her with an award, which at that time she was very reclusive, so she sent her son to accept she the award. The video of her son. <laughs> oh, it was so cute. Okay, so it's in it's in like a Hyatt banquet hall. Right. Right. Okay, so he's up there. He's accepting this award on behalf of his mom, which is a really big fucking deal that anyone even wants to mention her. Right. Right? And then his cell phone rings. And it's his mom. Hetty's on the phone like, hey, how did it go? And he answers it in well, the of middle course, of the speech. When Hetty Lamar phone calls you, yeah, you need to answer. Calls, you answer. You fucking answer. And I'm sure that was exactly the case. Like, oh, yeah. If she had not answered, she would have called back. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so she's on the phone. She's like, hey, how did it go? He goes, well, I'm, I'm still doing it. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, love you. Uh, Okay, bye. And he played he played this adorable audio clip of her thanking the crowd and just just being grateful that all of this work wasn't in vain. Right. Tears. So tears to tears to tears tears tears. Um so basically, you know, she, she wanted to be remembered for contributing to mankind and I guess in a small way she was. I she mean, is now. Her films, yeah. But, but, the, but wanted, this story is out now. Yeah. And so her invention led to, I don't know, um, Bluetooth? Wi-Fi. 
Wi-Fi? Cell phones, GPS, military tech. Uh, basically an estimated $30 billion market value worth of technology. It's how we keep our uh, bomb codes, like our missile codes, secure. It's how you're fucking listening to us right now. <laughs> like, we wouldn't even be doing this if it weren't for Hetty fucking Lamar. She's a goddamn saint. I worship at her altar. Book. I'm going to make an altar to her. Let's get her tattooed on us forever. All right. Okay. You think I'm joking? I'm not I'm joking. Not joking. And we'll I'm combine honest. it with the Hail Yourself and SSDGM and yeah. No, we're going to make a thing out of this. No, no. We're going to have to leave by the time this thing's over with. Yes, because, okay, in the documentary, the documentary, um, I mean, she, she passes away in 2000, um, but as, as they're going out with her reading this really good quote that I want to read to you in a second, but there, she's in this outfit with, like, stars coming yes. out of her. Let's do the star yeah. crown, heady, hail yourself, SSDGM. Yes. Fucking sleeve, ha half sleeve. Let's fucking do this. Okay. All right, who's in? Are you in? You want to do it? Okay. So, can I read? I, I knew you were going to. Can I, I can I please yes. read? Okay. So, the documentary ends, and I, I think I've heard this somewhere else, yeah. but, but Hetty's reading this piece, and, and it, goes, it goes, people are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish motives. Do good anyway. The biggest people with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest people with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll be kicked into the sea? I think is how that line goes. I don't know, that line got a little wobbly on me. Teeth. In the teeth! That makes a lot more sense. Give the world the best you've got anyways. Yes! <sighs> Fucking do it! Yes! I love her. Love her. Everyone needs to know her name. Her name yeah. is Hedy Lamar. That's actually her stage name. She was born Hedwig recently. Keisling? Keisling. Hedy yeah. Lamar. Hedy Lamar. Hedy fucking Lamar is a goddamn saint. Gone get. That's going to be the hashtag for this episode. Hedy Lamar is a fucking saint. <laughs> I loved this fun doc. Like, it wasn't too overwhelming it wasn't too light no it was, it was a good history lesson yeah um with crazy good storytellers yeah um had a lot of good talk mel brooks was in it for 30 seconds talking about wanting to feel her up under a table which is weird like mel no baby <laughs> stop no please don't please get consent first i would expect nothing <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah please please Please, 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 please watch this documentary. Watch it. You're going to love it. Yeah, definitely. Follow us on all the things. Even though social media is evil and it's destroying us, we can be one happy little corner. Yeah. You don't have to do anything else on the internet. Yeah, just, just come talk sense. to us. Yeah. Just come hang out with us. Netflix and us. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. I saw a thing for, uh, is it Jody Arias? Mm. It's a three-parter. Mm. I don't know if it's come out yet. But I want to watch it! Um, oh, we have had some suggestions come in. Yeah? Um, listener Steven 
Yeah. We're having some problems getting our hands on the, was it Allison that you recommended? Uh, neither one of us has Amazon Prime, but we're working on that. So we, we will get to it. And I want to watch it so bad. Yeah, because I watched the trailer and I really want to fucking watch yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also had a suggestion from uh, Michael, listener Michael, who said he recommended 7-5. Uh, yeah. Apparently it's on Netflix. It's about like New York cops in I the 80s. I have watched 7 You have watched it. Okay. It is great. Good. Okay. Uh, uh. So that's Michael and Krishana approved. Emily yes. needs to watch it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, we, we've got some suggestions coming in. Hey, have you watched something on Netflix or Hulu or something on lately? The, on, on the internet? Let us know. What, what have you been watching? I want to go see uh, Fred Rogers. Won't you be my neighbor? Please. It's in the theaters right now. Please. Let's go see it. Okay. All right. I got a sweater to wear and everything. Oh. I got all right, let's get out of here. Okay. All right, we love you. Bye.